Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. We're off and running a beautiful day, albeit a little bit hot, but uh, nonetheless a great day to be out and about. Uh, certainly this morning was uh, a comfortable start. This is the X Home Improvement Show. My name is Scott Mosby. Phone lines are open for you right now. Call in with your questions about your home, building, offices, all the places you're responsible for as it relates to your security, your health indoor air quality, things like that, and the projects you have before you. Maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby. I've been on for a long time here on X and enjoying my Saturday mornings, as you do as well, part of the X listening family, me included, uh, listening to Mike Miller this morning and uh, enjoying the day. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900 puts it together on the phone lines. As you get outside, uh, take a walkabout. We're, uh, I know it's a hot one, so it's hard to look forward, but we are nearing the end of September, sneaking up to October when things cool off a good bit. Uh, our nights are getting cooler, a lot of open windows. I advise that you uh, take the opportunity to change the air inside your houses. Uh, just open the windows to air out, you know, just like Grandma taught us years ago, uh, you know, a little fresh air never hurt anybody. Well, uh, the more new homes that we build, the tighter we are building them. And the concept is build them tight, vent them right. Well, as we build houses tighter and tighter and tighter, we have to change the indoor air quality uh, because we're piling up man-made materials that have glues and off-gassing things and, you know, carpets and all that. So as we air condition or heat through the winter, close up our homes, uh, it's important that we air out, change the air, fresh air, outside air coming in. Uh, Make sure your screens are repaired, but open those windows as we normally do at night. Great sleeping weather now. 314-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby. Like I said, I've been on for quite a while. Think of me as your um, research and development arm. If you're thinking of doing a project, uh, give me a call. Let me know how you're planning to do that, whether it's do-it-yourself. Uh, I started my career as a carpenter, still pretty dandy carpenter, although the body and the hands and the hide, as my father, father would say years before, he said, yeah, I can do the work, but my hide, you know, just the skin, the calluses being prepared for handling lumber and building materials, my hide isn't quite what it was before. Um, 314 436 Uh, Heating and cooling. Uh, As we finish up the heating season or the cooling season uh, and we're air conditioning, uh, certainly today, uh, make sure you're keeping that clear outside. And if you're uh, as things cool off a little bit, uh, it's time to call the, you know, the furnace guy, the heating cooling checkup guy. Make sure your furnace is up to snuff. Your flue is clear. Those white plastic pipes sticking outside the side of your house. Um, <clears throat> the only personal problem I've had with a heat and cooling system was that some 
I leaves had blown and blocked the exhaust of one of those shut down my furnace uh, a couple of winters ago. So just be aware, little simple things like that uh, need to be tended to make sure the exhaust, you know, that plastic pipe on the side, the intake and the out exhaust, you don't need to know which is which, just make sure they're not blocked. Uh, that's important area around your, even still now, your air conditioning condenser outside the house, that's important. As we get now into this season, uh, this is the time uh, as we cool off and the temperature of the soil, which means the pavement, uh, if you're going to clean and seal a deck, uh, your driveway, concrete, asphalt, we are entering into that time of year because when the temperature of the um, soil drops below 70 degrees or the temperature of the concrete drops below 70 degrees, usually pretty close to the same, uh, that's when you miss your opportunity for optimal sealing. So cleaning and sealing your wood deck, uh, those are more um, accountable to the air temperature. So if it's, uh, you know, like today, it's 88 degrees or it's getting there, you know, that's a warm day. That's a good time to seal a deck because you have to clean and seal. You want that wood just a little damp for generally waterborne sealers. But the point being, if the air is 85 degrees, you can assume that deck is probably pretty close to that because it's elevated. It's not touching or on the ground or in the soil like concrete, asphalt, pavers, those paving materials, bricks, whatever that is. So keep in mind that here for about the next month is going to be our optimal sealing time, clean and seal for decks and such. Also painting the house, uh, just the perfect temperature for curing paint uh, is about 70 degrees, 70 to 80. Uh, the humidity is not our friend when curing paint because most of these are latex or waterborne uh, latex type paint coatings that, you know, the drier the air is, the lower the relative humidity, the more that moisture can escape and cure that acrylic paint on your home. 314-436-7900. Likewise, if you have any kind of issues held over from last winter, like a chimney that condenses, more often you will see this in the St. Louis area where you might have a plaster or a drywall ceiling or home, and that goes right up to a stone or brick a fireplace, chimney, whatever it is, and right at the ceiling line, you notice that the drywall or plaster starts deteriorating. It looks like a roof leak. I mean, it's like, well, I've got water damages. Obviously, the paint's falling off. The plaster's not doing so well. Keep in mind, that is from the moisture being absorbed. The moisture, the rain absorbing in the chimney itself and then migrating down, uh, and it winds up dissipating, going from high or wet to dry, and your plaster is most definitely dry, your drywall is dry, and it will take up or inhale that moisture, therefore causing paint, plaster, and drywall uh, repair uh, issues. Keep in mind, it's not usually a roof leak, and it's not usually flashing. It's more commonly this big chunk of masonry, whether brick or stone, uh, and and it gets wet. Stone gets wet. You know, your concrete gets wet. You know, when it rains, you can tell what wet concrete looks like and dry concrete looks like according to what moisture is in it after a rainstorm. So same for that chimney. So just be aware of those things. Light switches, electrical outlets, normal maintenance items here. Uh, think about those because if you're plugging in a lamp or something and the plug just doesn't hold your plug in, you know, the electrical duplex device in the wall doesn't hold that plug, the two male prongs that go in are three, 
uh, then that electrical um, device, that duplex receptacle, as we call it, um, is just needs to be repaired, needs to be replaced, frankly. So call an electrician or yourself if you're handy. Uh, shut down that electrical circuit, things like that. Again, um, look forward to things around the furnace. I know your air conditioner is there. Look into those, uh, changing those air filters. That's important. Uh, as we change temperatures here as well, be aware of your garage door, your overhead door. Big deal. Uh, all that stuff you've been putting on around uh, the the rollers and the tracks of that garage door, uh, if you put it on in oil form, as many did for many, many years, we're great. And then you get into January and February where it gets really cold. I'm down to zero degrees or five degrees. All that oil-based stuff, even silicone included, WD-40, that stuff turns to sludge because it kind of it just gets thick, you know, just like cooking oil, you know, that turns into grease when it cools off. Keep in mind many of those lubricants, which is why I advocate that if you're going to lubricate a door lock, a deadbolt, uh, a doorknob, anything like that, easiest thing to do is to put some WD-40 on it. However, that's maybe not the best choice. Um, it works out okay on garage doors. Uh, but anyway, dry graphite white powdered graphite, uh, black graphite is the same stuff in a number two lead pencil, so you know how that that pencil slides across the the paper. Uh, powdered black graphite is a great lubricant. The problem is when you put your car keys in or your room key in, you turn that lock, that black stuff comes off on the key, you put it in your pocket or your purse, all of a sudden you've got a, a black mess as if there was black grease all over everything. So that's why the white lithium lubricant is the best. Phone lines here, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. I have phone lines open for you. I know you're listening. I know you've got that pocket question. Bring it on. Bring it in. Bring it early. Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900. I'll be standing by here for your calls on KMOX. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after this. Oh, yeah. Home improvement. Uh, two full hours today. Bring it on. Bring it early. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Phone lines open for you right now. 314-436-7900. 436-7900. Now, keep in mind, as we get in, I know this isn't the auto show, but keep in mind all the things that we're responsible for, the house, the home, security, safety, health, heating, cool, all that stuff. Remember your cars. Cars need a little bit of attention too. We run them pretty hard in the hot temperatures in the summer, and we're about to then go through a lovely few months of transition here in the fall. Uh, just great weather. Uh, pretty much the whole world is nice in the spring and the fall. St. Louis especially because of the lush, the green, and the Ozarks. Uh, a little bit, uh, you know, looking forward to trees turning. Uh, my favorite tiny time of year. I just love seeing the trees and uh, uh, just, you know, getting down to the Ozarks, seeing the rolling hills. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. The point being, make sure you get your oil changed, rotate the tires, uh, look into maintenance things around your car, get, you know, get your car in just for a checkup, uh, have them take a look, see uh, if you've got any issues around, uh, 
you know, heating uh, or air conditioning. Likewise, on the car, many of these cars have uh, cabin heaters with filters in them. Make sure you get those little things, you know, air filter, oil filter with the oil change, but likewise, cabin filter. So keep in mind, that is an enclosed area. That's a machine that takes care of us. Therefore, we have the responsibility to kind of take care of it. Remember, uh, as we get out about the house and we take a walkabout, again, just pay attention to the windows and the doors, deadbolts, uh, lock sets, make sure they align thresholds. Uh, now is a great time to adjust your weather strip around the windows and the doors because, uh, you know, early in the morning or at dusk, you still have a good bit of, of light outside the house and it tends to be darker inside the house. So you can kind of look down underneath the door. You can see light coming through in that uh, underneath the bottom around the sides and the top to where you can then adjust that threshold or that weather strip around the sides and the tops. 314-436-7900 is the phone line. Likewise, garage doors. Uh, your garage door does need a little bit of, of tender, loving care. Uh, it's a big deal. The springs are very powerful. Mostly the adjustment of garage doors and tension or torsion springs, those coiled up springs on the very top of that garage door. Don't mess with those things, folks. That's for professionals. I know my way around garage doors and I know my way around springs and torsion springs and I do not mess with those things. Um, it, they cause injury and death, believe it or not. So uh, with that in mind, if one side of the garage door, if the spring is a little stronger or just isn't as worn out as the other side, your garage door can be a little a kilter and it'll start to you know, bounce back and forth and trigger the safety reverse in your overhead garage door um, operator. So keep that in mind. Uh, just time to, you know, if you've got any kind of issues, now's the time to call your uh, service, your garage door service guy. Have him come on by and take a look. Um, more and more as we get into Wi-Fi enabled devices. Uh, now, garage door openers are now being made with um, LED lights, with uh, laser lights that shine down on the windshield of your car so you pull it in and you know exactly where to stop so you can adjust this likewise um, it has radios in it for connecting to you know Pandora or, or camwex.com uh, any of those things you want to listen to while you're working in the garage uh, for all of you uh, garage warriors uh, if you're working on finishing a uh, uh, say, uh, siding your house around, realize that around that garage door, that weather stripping is important. And though adjusting the weather strip to keep the weather out, you're also adjusting how much friction or resistance to movement that overhead garage door might have. So those garage door operators are made for kind of the weight of the door. Springs get adjusted for the weight of the door, and then the operators lift up effectively, you know, a garage door that only weighs a few pounds because the weight of the door is offset by those tension or torsion springs that lift them up. So it should be kind of easy to operate a, a garage door, but those operators up above, you know, the push button thing on the wall or in your car, uh, and matching and mating those up are kind of interesting. Uh, likewise, I back to the Wi-Fi enabled devices, uh, you can also have audio and uh, sometimes even video of what's going on in certain parts. So, uh, for example, my son, is, he loves woodworking dubs a lot in his garage. Uh, his wife has a, um, um, a pottery studio on the property and you know they 
talk to each other through the garage door operator and a camera and operator out in the uh, pottery studio. So they're pretty connected, pretty wired. Just be aware that's the shape of things to come. Uh, we have doorbells. We have cameras. Uh, we have even audio things. Uh, you know, we can um, talk to our pets uh, and, and connect with our parents that are in need of care or in maybe assisted living facility. All that stuff is part of today's world. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines here and talk to my friend Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wax. How can I help you today? Hey, Scott, a couple questions for you. One, um, we were talking, to, my wife and I were talking to a guy about uh, attic insulation, and they're trying to sell us um, this. I'll describe it to you. They, it, it was supposedly invented by NASA, and it's it's aluminum on both sides. It's like a blanket, but it's only like uh, maybe a quarter inch thick. It's very pliable, and his pitch was that you know you put this in your attic over the whatever insulation if, that you have, and whether it's you know blown in or or the other kind whatever kind it was and even if it's not adequate whatever you have up there this stuff is supposed to really you know lower your energy bills um it it seems a little fishy to me they had like a heat lamp on Mm -hmm. some actual um uh fiberglass insulation and you know that went up to like 140 degrees but when he put the the you know the the aluminum blanket over it 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 stayed right at like whatever that room temperature was 72 degrees so but i realized that you know the sun's not the light is not beating right down on your insulation because it has to go through the roof first obviously but that was one question just your i have two questions just your thought on that okay um This is a perfect example where the technology works and the application and the location uh, takes precedence. So, uh, for example, um, foil-backed drywall has been on the market for decades. So you put your ceiling drywall up on the ceiling and the backside or upside or attic-facing side is a foil well, the foil there actually reflects heat and whatever it back down into the house and rejects any superheat up in the attic. Um, so the proper place for that foil coating is on the backside or of the drywall or plaster um, below the ceiling joists there. That's a great application for it. Likewise, there is uh, roof sheathing like OSB and plywood foil-backed roof sheathing, and that stuff basically goes up in the attic as well, and it reflects, rejects direct total, you know, sunri- sunlight, uh, you know, the the heat gain from direct sun. So on the very top of the attic and the very bottom of the attic, uh, that's where this technology is extraordinarily good. Uh, if you lay it over the top of your insulation, uh, it improves. The problem is you're into diminishing re- returns. Um, I, I would probably offer that a better 
return on investment would be to crawl around up in your attic and block any air movement through your existing insulation and then increase your insulation. That is not to say this stuff doesn't work. Uh, and, he, and as a matter of fact, you'll see that stuff sold in the big box stores, hardware stores, and around. So if you get it in the right place, which the proper place would be to pull back all your insulation and lay this bubble wrap foil stuff right down on the plaster before your insulation is applied. Now you're going to have it in the right place. So it is a good technology. It does do, and that's why they can do the reflective heat lamp and all that. Yes, it does. It's just in a diminished return location when you lay it over the top of the insulation. And I, I kind of, yeah, kind of kudos to you. This is what I call. Um, this is a sold product instead of a bought or consumer sought product. Do you follow where I'm going there? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. Yeah. All right, Scott. Well, my second question and last question is um, the the soffit on my home. Um, I don't know why exactly they did this, but we have a ridge vent, a relatively new roof with a ridge vent. The okay. soffit, uh, the there's like, um, you know, ventilated panels, but uh, there's three, let's see, one, um, like uh, about three foot of solid panel to every, and then there's a ventilated panel, yeah. if, if you're following what I'm saying. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So um, is that adequate enough, uh, you know, for ventilation? Uh, up there or should there be more ventilated pieces or nope um, uh, usually yes usually yes it's suitable uh, with a caveat huge caveat a lot of aluminum siding guys that put up these soffits don't take down the plywood above it so assuming your house has free air movement or no plywood in the way or at least big ventilation holes cut in that old plywood depending on the age of your house Oftentimes, these guys just go right over with a beautiful ventilated soffit, fascia, aluminum siding, whatever it is, and they don't fix the problem or enable the air to movement. So the the three to one or two to one, all of that gets adjusted by the installer. Uh, that is a traditional way, three to one and two to one, every third one ventilator or we call perforated. Uh, because if you do all perforated, it looks a little funky. So this is kind of an aesthetic nod to from the siding company saying, you know, you know, we only need about two to one or three to one, three solid, one vent two solid, one vent. That's what I'm referring to. And it matches up with the FAS or free airspace of the ridge vent, which has a rating in F period, A period, S period per lineal foot. So you might see 0.67 FAS per lineal foot for your ridge vent. That means you get two thirds of a square foot of holes or free air movement. So it vents that much. Higher number is better than lower number. And then you want to have about that much or a little more on your soffit. So I would say as long as um, what you see is what you get, as long as your metal soffit has holes in the wood or an ability for that air coming through your aluminum to get through the soffit up into your attic and then exhaust and escape from your uh, new handy-dandy ridge vent, then you're good. But that 3-to-1, 2-to-1, cool, typical, traditional uh, just so long as they did their homework and did the demo before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, actually, the house was built that way, and I kind of watched them do it. And uh, yeah. 
yeah, they, there's definitely. And, and I didn't notice this, but uh, for some reason on the garage, it's a three-car garage. The, it's, it's two to one, but then on the rest of the house, it's three to one. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if they ran, were running short on something or what, but uh, no, I thought no. that. I, I think that was intentional. I think that's somebody awake. So that, I, I, so I'm, I'm buying into your siding contractor just the more you're talking. But the reason okay. is your garage gets a whole lot hotter and a whole lot colder than the rest of the house. It's not on the heating cooling system. You have right. uh, all kinds of nasty fumes in there from gasoline and stuff. Um, so uh, that that I endorse whoever put that siding up. They were thinking. You know, which is okay. the, a lot of these guys are asleep at the wheel and cause some, you know, things. Even roofers that put ridge vent on, they never cut the slot in the plywood. So I yeah. think you've got a pretty well-built house there. Okay. Well, I appreciate that information. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Good talking to you, uh-huh. Jim. You too. And and that's an example of inspection. So um, uh, our company, Mosby Building Arts, uh, founded by my father. When my father retired from being a contractor, he went to work inspecting homes because we've been inspecting homes every time we look at a house for remodeling. And this is a great example, three to one, two to one, of all the stuff that I can't see. And, you know, this is uh, American Society of Home Inspectors, ASHI. Uh, that's an association of professionalism that kind of measures to the consumers like these guys are trained. They have code of ethics, all that sort of stuff. The, but the point being that that is a tool that an ins- experienced home inspector or in my case, a remodeler who comes out to say, well, you want a kitchen. We walk around, we kind of we assess the health of the patient. Is the house strong enough, healthy enough? Does it have other issues that are a greater threat to the homeowner's uh, safety than just remodeling a kitchen? Because, you know, we'll do a kitchen for you. But, you know, your roof is just worn out. And one of these days, you know, if we put this handy-dandy expensive kitchen inside your house and then you get water damage, yeah, maybe you're maybe you better do the roof first and we'll wait on the kitchen or let's include the roof as part of that kitchen remodel. But as it relates to Jim, these are the type of things that when I walk around a house and my compatriots at Mosby Building Arts go around, they're paying attention because we can't see behind the walls. We can't see all that stuff, but we know care when we see it. And you likewise, one of my big caveats here on the KMWX Home Improvement Show is as a consumer, you can see whether people care about what they're doing. You can tell whether they're careful, whether they're conscientious, where they, or whether they're just slam-bang slapping it in, you know, and that. So Jim's question to me of, you know, my garage has two-to-one vents, you know, one vent every two solid, and that's different than the rest of my house, which is three solid to one. Well, that's a measurement of somebody being aware of how ventilation works and needs and and kind of change their plan um, and change the aesthetics a little bit for performance reasons. So that small as that is, that tells me a lot, number one, about the builder, number two, about the siding company, and, you know, overall, number three, generally, somebody's watching the store. Some general contractor, supervision, construction manager, whoever was in charge, somebody was watching the P's and Q's. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, We can take a short pause and get back to you with this on KMOX. 
All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Lots of things happening right here, uh, live and lively. Again, I reiterate the measurement of when I see things like uh, perforated vents, um, how miters or even screws uh, uh cover plates another thing in terms of looking at or caring for a home when i walk through a house and you know i'm looking at it for uh, mosby performing a remodeling project or just checking it out you know we pretty much inspect the house the panel you know we're, we're looking for trouble uh, we're looking for threats to the budget of that remodeling project because if you're you know going to remodel a kitchen you know you're like wow it's that much and then you know the customer kind of swallows like okay well then two months later you find out oh never mind you need a new electric panel that's five thousand dollars in a day oh whoa I, wow you know so we do our homework up front uh and so you kind of get those choices up front but the point being that little things we look at as to how we judge whether the house was cared for even the cover plates on the electric panel if all the finished screws are vertically up and down or vertically horizontal, whatever it is, then somebody went through and kind of buttoned up or did kind of a quality control sweep sort of thing. That's how we judge care and that's how we know, you know, are there any buried electrical boxes that are just absolutely bad for the fire code in the building? You know, was was this a conscientious and care cared for or cared for or carefully performed project those are the little tools we look at uh let's see what's cooking with patrick hey patrick good morning welcome to kmwex my friend how can i help good morning um good morning. i uh have a small problem but it is at the front door of my house okay it's a hundred year old brick house uh neo colonial style and there are two wooden pillars uh, that rest on bricks to create an overhang for the front door. My issue is at the intersection of those pillars, which rest on a wooden base, and the bricks. Someone at one time had put uh, mortar uh, at 45-degree angle between that wooden block base and the bricks yeah uh, now that mortar has cracked and separated from the wooden base and i'm wondering what is the best way to finish uh should i put some pvc cord around there after taking that mortar out what do you recommend i don't want that uh base to start rotting well, anything in there, uh, frankly, most of those columns, uh, first off, Patrick, are, co- are hollow, square or round. Typically, they're hollow. And there's ventilation that we count on for the air to come in on the bottom, just like ventilating an attic and go out at the top. There might be little grills or holes up at the top of those yeah. columns as well. Yeah, that count- Yeah, okay, that mortar down there negated all that block that all off and in a place like st louis where relative humidity can be 80 percent i mean you know the air is full of water um that's bad mojo because that means you've got stagnant still moisture on the inside of that untreated column whitewood beautiful millwork 
that's starting to eat away or, you know, trying to create rot situations. So the point being that having, removing that mortar uh, will probably expose a gap, a little bit unsightly, but that's also the air intake for the ventilation inside that wood column round or square. You see what I mean? Yes, that's interesting because the column sits about uh, a quarter of an inch up from the brick. Perfect, by design. Yeah, and don't caulk it. So you're, uh, And this happens at lintels, steel limp lintels, maybe over a garage door, over windows. Uh, there needs to be a very ugly gap between, number one, the bottom of your column and that brick so the air moves, Likewise, on brick veneer homes where we have a steel lintel, which is that big plate underneath the brick, maybe over a garage door or over windows and doors. Uh, and frankly, people, neatniks, caulk that up and painters sometimes caulk that up. They are actually blocking the weep holes for moisture to condense and come out and escape, in this case, underneath your wood column. So those ugly holes are by design necessary and required uh the best thing you can do or the most blockage you can do is maybe a screen material but my advice is leave it open leave it ugly (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah neat nicks ruin a lot i mean they're they're you know we send people christmas cards for rotting out their columns you know it's like hey thanks we now have a new repair project replacing patrick's columns for him you know it's like and it that's <laughs> just because somebody caulked up or mortared up or you know quarter round so yeah your instinct right there of how do i keep it pretty it's like well the function you know is necessary we want to ventilate those inside of those columns and give them twice as long to live Okay, well, you've also solved another mystery, that space underneath the steel lintel above the garage door. Yeah, Uh, yeah, now I understand why why that gap is there. And a lot of those lintels will rust, so they get really ugly. And you just have to, you know, wire brush them and paint them and maintain them, but do not block that gap that the reason they're rusting is because there's water getting in maybe in the gable end vent up above water comes down and gets behind the brick travels all the way down top of that lintel and all of a sudden that steel lintel after 20 30 years though it was painted when it was new now it's rusting oh that looks bad i need to stop the water oh my gosh now they're going to have a structural issue 20 years later as opposed to some ugly rusty thing over the garage door which you're just better off you know dealing with just paint it every year every two years whatever you need to do do not block that vent hole that's a big deal likewise underneath windows and here's a great story on me uh, in my early years, I worked for my father. I was construction manager. Great bricklayer comes in and lays up the brick on the house. And here we are. I've got a gap between the bottom of these wood windows and the brick window sills of a quarter of an inch. I call up the bricklayer and I say, hey, you know, you couldn't you get it right? Why didn't you lay the brick up in a more attractive way? Now we've got to go back and hawk all that. And he said, Scott, call your dad. <laughs> call my dad. <laughs> Scott, uh, down boy down boy <laughs> don't be a neat neck here that's and that's where the water the vent those are weep areas and gaps so the best thing we did is we put some put some shims in there under the windowsill so it wouldn't warp you know being unsu- unsupported and left it alone but that's a perfect example because then here's the next one 
that two-story wooden house framed up in the summertime with 75, 80% relative humidity, all that wood shrinks. And that 28-foot tall house next year is 27 feet, 11 and three-quarter inches tall. And that quarter-inch gap of those windows, eighth of an inch now. So when the brick, if the bricklayer did what I had asked, we, had ruined, we would have ruined all those windows. So there you go. How's that for Thank a story? You. There we go. All right, Patrick, thanks for the call. You're welcome. All right. I'll take a short pause right now on KMOX. I'll be right back for more wisdom of Scott Mosby's mistakes to the benefit of you of the KMOX listener. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX, live and lively, uh, finishing up the first hour. Coming up here uh, next hour, we still have the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Stay tuned. We're just warming up, getting going here, sharing whatever experience, knowledge, and mistakes I've made in the past. Gosh knows, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a human, and I learn, and frankly, that's what experience is. You know, I've either learned how to avoid making mistakes from my dumb things I've done, or just leaning into it, messing it up, and then learning, and, and you know, that's that's what experience really is. It's kind of a pre-disastered learning curve, so the more years your company or you have in terms of uh, figuring this out, you know, the more value you can deliver because you're a little fewer mistakes in the future. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together for the next hour. Top of the hour news, weather, and sports. Coming up next is your retirement professionals, your retirement professionals. Two o'clock, one of my favorites, business of family business. Stay tuned today, all day of KMOX uh, Saturday programming here. We've got the Cardinal Baseball tonight at 645, uh, so stay tuned. Uh, cards are still at it. We are still trucking. Uh, Wayno's still doing his thing, and uh, I got past the uh, the big, big uh, record. So anyway, you can tune in tonight and find out more about that. 314-436-7900. Uh, thank you very much uh, to the callers earlier. We had some pretty good questions about uh, a bubble wrap kind of foil-backed insulation, which was proposed to be on top of the insulation existing in your attic. Best location for that is down at the actual ceiling line right behind the drywall, the plaster. It's kind of problematic. Can't really put it there, so just be aware. Scott, Scott Mosby Home Improvement. Stay tuned. Hour 2 coming up right here on KMOX after the news, weather, and sports. Be there.